You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. This program today will be a little bit different than the scoop you're regularly used to. Uh, usually, we, we attempt to run down all the latest video game news, but ultimately, inevitably, end up talking about retro games for 30 minutes. Uh, but today, I have assembled the hosts of, of each of our platform-specific podcasts, the heads of, of all of our houses here you, at IGN. You come to me for a favor, yeah. Damon. And we're going to sort of... Uh, yeah. Heads of five, Oh, no. <laughs> One day. <laughs> we're going to sort of compare and contrast just like we did in elementary school, uh, how all the platforms did this year. Uh, it's not necessarily to sort of uh, determine a winner, although we'll see at the end if there is uh, an obvious choice for who had the best 2019. But without any further ado, uh, I'm joined this week by Jonathan Dornbush, host of Podcast Beyond. Beyond. Casey DeFridis from Nintendo Voice Chat. Hello. And Ryan McCaffrey, of course, from Podcast Unlocked. Howdy. Uh, and they'll each be sort of representing their, uh, their the specific platforms that they uh, follow so closely. But of course, I want to hear about everyone. I want to hear everyone weigh in on, on, on all the other platforms and how we think everybody did this year. Uh, the year of our games, 2019. Um, so we're gonna pick out. We're gonna randomly pick who goes first. I've, oh man! Uh, okay. Ooh. I have a random number generator. Ooh. So let's say right. so one through three. Let's say Jonathan. Let's say um, <laughs> you will be number one. Oh, okay. Casey well, will be number finally. two. PS four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll go in sales order. And Ryan, it's fitting. Ryan will be number three. Okay. Yeah. I will now generate who will go first, and the lucky winner is. Three. We'll start with Xbox. All right. Let's begin with Xbox. The Xbox. Yeah, let's one. do it. Was 2019 a good year to own an Xbox One? 
Next question. Oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> Don't be no, too hard. It's, no, uh, you know, see, here's the thing. Obviously, the first party situation with Xbox is is well known at this point. They're they've bought all these studios. They're trying to uh, fix that, which I'm, I think we're going to talk about later mm-hmm. with 2020 stuff. But yeah, 2019. You know, so we've published uh, as of this recording, we've published our nominees mm-hmm. for Game of the Year mm-hmm. and our various categories. And for best Xbox exclusive, there was one nominee and thus a winner. A very, very deserving <laughs> sure. year yes. five, yeah. I yeah. might add. Here's five. I, I think no matter how, if we'd have had 17 first party exclusives, uh, which was, which is, the, we're not doing third parties in that those categories anymore, the exclusive category. So it is exclusives. Uh, Gears 5 was a tremendous game. Uh, I re- reviewed it myself and I just, I love the series and the coalition is just, I, I'm amazed at how, They've not only continued to, to to keep Gears being such a great game, but uh, I'd say it's it's honestly probably the best first party narrative driven game Microsoft has, mm. even ahead of Halo, because Halo Five really dropped the ball, which we've talked about extensively on Unlocked. <laughs> Looking forward to Infinite, but it's been a long way. Halo Five was 2015. We've mm. gotten two Gears games in that time, four and five. It's crazy. They've both been amazing. Uh, The other big release for Xbox on the exclusive side this year, of course, was early in the year with Crackdown 3, Mm -hmm. and that game just, it just wasn't very good. You know, it had had been quite the development hell. It had been announced years and years ago, and when it did finally come around, it's, you know, it's whole cloud-powered destruction tech just wasn't, it just didn't really make for a good game. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, it's it's a pretty thin year. Uh, That said... The Xbox One X, fairly, I would say, objectively the best place to play third-party games that are enhanced with mm-hmm. 4K-level editions. Uh, I mean, we saw it with the end of the last year with uh, with Red Dead Redemption 2, just noticeably better mm-hmm. uh, on the Xbox One X than the PS4 Pro. And so, yeah, if you, if you had an Xbox One X and a 4K TV... You had a really good time playing the likes of Control and Resident Evil 2 Remake and and all the other great third-party games we got, we got this year. Sure. And, and even uh, technical performance aside from all those third-party games, the services that the Xbox One X or just the Xbox One family offers now with Game yeah. Pass, Ultimate Game Pass is... You know, arguably the best deal going in gaming. I think, yeah, in, yeah, yeah Game Pass in, is really great. In five years, I think we'll look back and and go, wait, did we never? Did we? Did this used to be a thing we didn't, <laughs> we didn't. have oh, yeah. with every console? Game like it's, Pass it, is, it is, is going to be a standard. Yeah, it's industry changing, and yeah. especially when they were running that deal earlier this year, which I think they've done since. Of like, get your first month for a dollar. I yeah. immediately added Game Pass to my Xbox Live subscription. It's amazing to have so many great games of such a scale. You get so many yeah. great undiscovered indie gems and AAA games just right at your fingertips. Hey, Jonathan, uh, your first taste is free. Just a dollar. <laughs> yeah. On. Then a little bit more. It's all, not too bad. All first party games arrive day one on Game Pass. Is that Correct. Right? So, that means yeah. that so Gears, 5, Gears 5 was there. You did not have to buy it if Which, you were a subscriber. Does that make it hard to uh, judge uh, its success? Yeah, because Microsoft's not like, giving out uh, definitive metrics. Like, we don't know how many Game Pass subscribers there are. We don't know how many people play each game. So uh, they stopped even announcing hardware sales. Yeah, yeah, a long time, ago. while yeah. ago. So yeah. it is tough to know. But the fact that uh, we're seeing big third-party games go more and more to the service indicates to me that that it's successful enough that uh, that. Uh, Sure. It's working. Yeah, you know, sure. we, we had the Outer Worlds on there on day one, which granted there's 
that's sort of a weird situation, which we don't <laughs> have to get into, or it's kind of a Microsoft game, but kind of not. Yeah. Um, but, you know, stuff like Devil May Cry 5 made it on there within like four or five months after its release. So there's there, we're starting to see the third parties really jump on board with it as well. I think Monster Hunter World got on there as well. So there was a lot of reasons to get it. I got it because of the Outer Worlds. Yeah. Yeah, good, and, and you probably are already feeling like you got your 10 bucks a month worth just, mm-hmm. from, just from the Outer Worlds, because it's awesome. Uh, you talk about how, how thin the exclusive lineup was this year, but Gears 5, I think, is safe to say it was better than any PlayStation 4 exclusive this year? Of that caliber, I there's one PlayStation exclusive that I think is hard to judge against any other game, which is Dreams. <laughs> well, okay. But uh, still in early access, on, right? Uh, it's just ending, sort of like okay. sunsetting its early access availability. But yes, yeah, uh, of the other first party lineup in Sony, I'd yeah. say probably Gears stands above. So I just I just want to give credit, you know, that they, they really did put out an excellent. It's it's first so good. Game. I mean, the campaign's incredible. The, the it's the story's great. You just. What the, the fact that they've introduced a new generation of characters, like it's it's totally been like the Force Awakens of of the Gears universe, where you bring along the old crew. <laughs> hey, here's all the people you love and know and care about, but here's some new people that they're pretty cool too. And it turns out they are pretty cool. And then you, the multiplayer suites better than ever with yeah. that game. So it's really just a tremendous achievement. And then on the hardware front for Xbox, we got the Xbox One S All Digital Edition. Yeah. Um, do we have any sense of like? how that is doing, how that was, well, there, I did how th- it was received. There was a story that it was like the number one selling console in the UK during Black Friday week, which, mm. okay, I mean, I'm sure there were very aggressive sales on it, but that that's that's a good thing. I mean, the world is going digital. Uh, we saw the, uh, of course, Xbox One famously, <laughs> it's, when it was unveiled, it was going to be so it was going to be basically the steam for consoles mm. and the the world rejected that uh, that proposal outright and microsoft of course had to walk back a lot of their policies and ideas for xbox one and they of course never recovered that story's been told a million times Mm -hmm. but you know we are heading for that future and you know yeah so it's if if you don't need the the blu-ray drive if you don't want to uh if you want to just do all your games digitally and you don't want to feed any watch any 4k blu-ray movies on the console then sure why not save yourself a few bucks and grab the the digital edition because it's literally the same same thing otherwise. Sure. So we're, you know, we're heading that way and and with 2020 stuff that's Microsoft seems like they're going to they're going to keep going with that with yeah. uh, with Lockhart Project Lockhart. So yeah. we'll get to that. Uh we saw a couple former Xbox exclusives jump over to Nintendo this year with uh Cuphead and so good. Ori and the Blind Forest. Uh does that affect I guess the, do you think that affects the perce- the value perception for the Xbox to lose those exclusive games? I don't, particularly when the timing of it was way after mm-hmm. the fact. Yeah, Cuphead came years. out in November, well, fall of 2017. So wow. it's been a couple of years. And then Ori came out before that. Yeah, Ori was that. 20, early 2015, if, my, if I remember correctly. So mm-hmm. no, I think, and those are just, those are games that are so brilliantly suited to the Switch as just handheld games or even just the general sort of family-friendly switch audience you know, platformers it's it's great to have those games on switch and it's like i think a lot of xbox fans probably double dipped and went ahead and picked it up on switch as well because why not until xcloud really rolls out and mm-hmm. lets you lets you play those on the go the switch is the best way to do that yeah it seems like microsoft's stated agenda going forward like obviously they're going to want people to buy project scarlet but they seem to care less about the platform you are playing their games on so long as you are playing Microsoft games and exactly. Xbox games yeah. with xCloud, with the cross-play uh, between PC and Xbox, with all of that. 
Minecraft continues to get PS4 updates. Yeah, just one announced just had today. The cross <laughs> update for yeah, PS4. it's like they're 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 uh, putting their money where their mouth is. On yeah, that. Gears Five also on PC. Yes, Halo Reach just came to PC. Yeah, pretty much everything's PC now. Even uh, Halo Infinite, which is never launched on. You know, it's yeah. always been. The, the last Xbox exclusive that, that never comes to anything else as far at least day, day and date. Yeah. Infinite's going to be day and date uh, next fall. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. PC's part of the ecosystem. Yeah, let's talk about next fall. How is 2020 looking for Xbox? We'll have the new, the next Xbox, Scarlet Lockhart coming. Yeah, so I actually had to make a list because there were enough. So we, you know, we just got done sort of lamenting the, <laughs> the lack of first party games this yeah. year. Now, it remains to be seen how many of these games will be good, mm-hmm. but... L- listen to this. This is the first. This is how many first-party games are okay. are almost certainly going to come out. I mean, maybe will some of these get delayed? Maybe, probably, but I think most of these, if not all of them, will come out in 2020 okay. under the Xbox Game Studios umbrella. You've got locked in with a release date: Ori 2, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, mm-hmm. in February. Mm-hmm. In March, Bleeding Edge, which is the the multiplayer uh, shooter from, well, it's not even really a shooter, multiplayer kind of arena-ish combat game. From Ninja Theory? From Ninja Theory, Theory. Yes. correct. Yeah. In April, Minecraft Dungeons, which mm. don't laugh, like that game actually I mean, is super looks fun. Looks really cool. It's like Diablo yeah. Minecraft. It's Miranda a, said she really liked it. Yeah. She played it. Yeah, she's very high on that game. And then Wasteland 3, an mm-hmm. awesome, you know, awesome looking role-playing game from Brian Fargo and mm-hmm. the team at NXile. So that's, you know, Four months in a row, you're getting a first part. I don't, I can't, that's probably, if that's ever happened in Xbox history where they've shipped four major first party games in consecutive months, it probably hasn't happened since maybe the early 360 days. Mm. And then at some point you've got uh, Cuphead, the delicious last course, which is a, mm-hmm. you know, major DLC. It's like an extra island, an extra big chunk of content there. Psychonauts 2 from Double Fine, which will ship on PS4. Yep. Um, not sure if there's a. I can't remember if there's a I don't switch know version if as well. Switch. I don't think no. so. Um, but yeah, so that because that of course was started uh, pr- prior to Microsoft buying them. But still, that's gonna that's an Xbox first party game. And then in the fall, or pardon me, in spring as well, early access for Grounded, which is the the four player PVE survival game from a small team. Uh, at Obsidian. That's like the Honey I Shrunk the Kids exactly. Game. So you've got all that stuff plus. Halo Infinite confirmed as the the big AAA day one launch title, a hopeful killer app for Project Scarlet. And then I would bet lunch uh, absolutely that Forza Motorsport 8 will also be a day one launch title because Forza took a year off. We did for the first time in maybe a decade or maybe maybe ever or maybe since Horizon started. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, it's been years since Forza took a year off. Uh, so I think we'll get For- Forza Motorsport 8 showing off the you know, the sexy next gen-ness of mm-hmm. Scarlet. So you've got, I mean, that's like eight definitive games, maybe a ninth in there. That's a, that's a lot of first party content in 2020. I think maybe you forgot one. I may have. Battletoads. You're actually right. <laughs> yeah. I, you're 100% right. I, for, I did not write it. Because I think it don't. have a release date yet. No. I think that was still spring. Like spring is the window now, but you're, yeah. you're totally right. Yeah. So Battletoads will be in there as well. So again, we'll see... How many of those games are going to be really good? Hopefully all of them. But um, yeah, next year will be better than this year as far as the output for Microsoft. Do you have predictions for when the next Xbox will be officially unveiled, announced with a launch window? I mean, yeah, the question is just, are they going to do an event before E3, right. which they both Sony and Microsoft did last time in 2013. Sony went first in February and Microsoft sat idle till May. And I think uh, in hindsight, they probably wish they hadn't. Granted, 
many other things went wrong. <laughs> yeah. But I think that giving Sony those three free months of mindshare probably uh, is not something I would expect Microsoft to do again. So um, if I don't know who will go first, Sony or Microsoft, I don't think any of us can really say that definitively. I, I think they're going to be in a bit of a standoff as long as they feasibly can be in their minds. You might be right, although, you know, Sony's been talking to Wired and yeah. some little details. Microsoft stayed pretty quiet so far about Scarlet, but yeah, I think uh, a pre-E3 event is likely, unless they all just, they both kind of wait and decide, then. yeah, to yeah. just, well, E3 is going to be the big showcase, so who knows? But it, I think if one of them goes first before E3, the other will follow shortly after. Could not yeah. agree more, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I expect Scarlet to be, so the the, the high end, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is Anaconda, so there's two Project Scarlet is the is the next gen umbrella under which there is Anaconda, which is the the high spec version, and then Lockhart, which is the lower spec version. So I expect the Anaconda to be at least five hundred dollars. Yeah. I just don't see that's sure. that's sort of the baseline that's been established by the Xbox One X. So probably five hundred there. But X, X, Xbox is also unique in that it has an upgrade program. Yeah, that if you bought yeah. an Xbox One X this holiday season, you're sort of yeah, the uh, monthly thing you got to. If there's a credit check involved, you have yeah. to be. You have to show you've got good credit. But it's like if you do, it's a great way to you know take the sting out of spending with tax yeah. a good five fifty, and that's before you even get a single game. So yeah, yeah it's a, it's a, Microsoft's doing all the right things. You know, they continue with backwards compatibility and um, the the uh, I should mention the the Elite Series Two controller, sure. which I have at my desk, is great. Uh, it's, it's 180 bucks. It is a premium controller, but it feels great, plays great. And that is forwards compatible with Scarlet. So you, you can buy it today, guaranteeing it's going to work. So it's Microsoft's going full ecosystem. It's sure. just like, we want you in our, in our garden, just come play in our garden and we'll let you play however you want yeah. in our garden. So I'm really curious to see how it, how it shakes out. Um, yeah, 2020 is hopefully going to be the start of, of I, I hope the redemption story of Xbox because you know it's been it's been a tough tough go but I think that Phil Spencer and the and the and the Xbox executive team have have been doing everything not just saying the right things but doing the right things as far as you know we talk the stuff all we've all been talking about for the last ten minutes of uh, of Game Pass and of backward compatibility and and uh, and all access mm-hmm. and and all these various things so you know they're. They're doing the right things. Now they just have to deliver the games. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. As simple and complex. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to our next platform. That's from Mega Man X. Nicely done. Uh, let's determine who's going to go next. We still have to hear from PlayStation and Nintendo. Can we just flip a coin now? <laughs> I have to Does lower, actually that's have I have to lower the random number generator to <laughs> between Dance one and two. <laughs> Let's see. The next platform will be number two. All right. We'll go to Nintendo. Let me fade out Mega Man X here. Uh, okay, Casey. Was 2020 a good year <laughs> to own a Nintendo Switch? 2019 was an Sorry, amazing year. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know about 2020, but... let's Before we get to 2020, let's talk about 2019 okay. first. Was 2019 a good year to own a Nintendo Switch? I have to say 2019 was an amazing year to own the Nintendo Switch. Um, I don't know if you guys can see this piece of paper I have in front of me. I can. But there's a huge list. I don't know. There are 15 exclusives and there are also four console exclusives. They came out for PC, but also only for Switch. Um, I don't generally play on the PC, so 
to me, that's a console exclusive. Okay. <laughs> but um, there were a ton of really great games, all that we scored above an eight. There was Fire Emblem Three Houses, which I know are some yeah. people in the office game of the year. Sure. I think it's mine. And I mean, I play I play on the PS4 as well. And I don't. Do you want me to go through this well, giant list of exclusive well, <laughs> games? <laughs> so I mean, we can just rattle you know these off. Let's just, yeah. it, I think uh, it, Nintendo Switch had the best year in terms of exclusives. They had yes. the strongest yeah. exclusive lineup beginning you know right in the beginning of the year. New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. Then they had got Tetris ninety nine, yeah. which is a really cool surprise. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that on other platforms. Yoshi's Crafted World, Cadence of Hyrule, Mario Maker two, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, Astral Chain, Fire Emblem, Link's Awakening, Luigi's Mansion three, and Pokemon and Ring Fit Adventure. And, and yes. also Ring Fit Adventure. Not I, 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 we, we it's like so that. good. Yeah, yeah, it's a great game. A I fun. really like that game. Yeah. Um, there were also, we also had got um, SteamWorld Quest, My Friend Pedro, Katana Zero, and Ape Out, which were also on the PC. Oh, and Untitled Goose Game. Yes. Yep. So if uh, you only play in consoles, the console Switch exclusive. would be yeah. the way to play those games. Yeah. Um, honestly, there were so many games that came out on the Switch that I could not even play them all like luigi's mansion 3 i haven't played yet i know ryan oh it's so good (laughs) i know was able to i will play co-op with you when you're ready to go it's so so much fun i'm looking forward to playing it over the christmas break (laughs) because we'll have plenty of time then and i know you also enjoyed ring fit adventure i know we talk about it a lot even though it sounds like such a small silly little thing to get excited about but i think it's a really good experience and we also got some more NES games and SNES games for the mm-hmm. Nintendo Switch online service and expanded it even more. We also got a new Switch model with extra battery life and the Nintendo Switch Lite that also expanded its battery life. Um, it was a great game. It was a great year to own a Switch. You also got Divinity Original Sin 2 Definitive Edition. If you Amazing that the game that is yet. on the Switch. Yeah, it's crazy. And The Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of games that are... It, yeah. It's just the part of the bring everything to Switch initiative right and yes. it's working pets yeah. uh yeah so you've got this great lineup of exclusives and then a, a growing uh library of smaller indie games it's almost like a portable steam machine now mm-hmm. in some ways but what about that third-party support of like other like triple a games that you would that you also see on playstation and xbox we got mortal kombat 11 this year like you mentioned we got witcher 3 um let's see what else uh wolfenstein youngblood uh came to the switch this year capcom is putting out seemingly its entire back catalog yes. of games onto the switch but as we go in, like in a game like Witcher Three, it's cool. That it's on Switch, but it's there's not, no. Def- yeah, you know, it's not the same experience. It's I think not even, the best way to play those games. It's, it's cool that it's the, there, but it's the only way to play it portably. The only it way is. to yes. play it portably, but not the overall best way. And that's kind of seems to be like the the through line of all these uh, third party ports. And as time goes on, it's going to be even harder and harder to get those mm-hmm. ports to the Switch. Right. It it happened even with a, a game that I didn't expect it to. Bloodstained was something I was yeah. very much yeah. looking forward to playing on the Switch, and it just watching you play it on the PS4 mm-hmm. in the office just blew my she's mind. At, she's looking at me. Yeah, <laughs> After, yeah, Damon. Sorry. <laughs> After playing it on the Switch and then coming to the office and seeing Damon play Bloodstained, so you played it on the Switch first, and that's that was like your baseline. Yeah, and I was and when I played it, I I was like, oh, this is fine. Mm-hmm. And then I came in and saw the PS4 version, and I didn't want to play it on my Switch anymore because it looked that much better. <laughs> And unfortunately, I think that is the case for a lot of these third-party ports where it just doesn't look or run mm-hmm. as well on the Switch as others. Uh, Alien Isolation, oddly... That's just out. Um, Runs looks better. really good Runs on the better. Switch. There, yeah. It looks better, apparently. There was a Digital like Foundry report, yeah. I think. Yeah. And the, the YouTube, the title of the video is uh, something like Nintendo Switch version looks better than PS4, <laughs> which... 
doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. But it did for that game. Yeah, that seems odd. Yeah. Um, um, we did get one really big third party exclusive that I did not expect, which was Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, the Black mm-hmm. Order. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome exclusive to have, but it's really suited for the Nintendo Switch because, again, it is family oriented and multiplayer co-op yeah this year this is a thing that i keep telling lucy o'brien i'm gonna write as an op-ed but i thought this year nintendo was so quietly great at being an amazing uh co-op publisher and developer because so many of their exclusives whether it was new super mario brothers u deluxe or yoshi's crafted world or even they added a major update to captain toad treasure tracker as free dlc plus marvel Mm. ultimate alliance and And luigi's Luigi's mansion Mansion, all of its co-op and that's amazing to Mm. just have in some of the biggest games of the year yeah so with a, a an exclusive lineup this strong and a, a constant flood of great indie games always pumping in, uh, would you agree that the third-party support is less important for the Switch, for third-party AAA support? Yes. I, I assume most people who get the Nintendo console are getting a Nintendo console for the Nintendo published games, yeah. uh, like Zelda and your Marios and Yoshis, and we have plenty of that, and it was an especially strong year if you liked like Japanese RPGs with like Pokemon and Fire Emblem, mm-hmm. and to not have those other third party games and support that the PlayStation and Xbox ha- have, I think are fine, mm-hmm. but there's also a reason why I have both. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So like I can't play monster hunter on the Nintendo switch. Like <laughs> monster world anyway. Well, a but. couple of weeks ago over uh, Thanksgiving week, Nintendo, Nintendo announced that the switch had its best week ever uh, in the U S in terms of sales and the, and the UK. And the UK. I think well. it uh, shot up by 30% over the week of Thanksgiving. Um, no, actually, the week that Pokemon came out, it shot up by 30%. Hmm. Um, yeah, I was going to ask, do you think that's because, how much does Pokemon have to do with that and also the Nintendo Switch Lite? I'm, Pokemon is a system seller. It just yeah. always has been. And I don't think that the increase was a coincidence that it was right around when Pokemon came out. There really weren't that many great switch deals on black friday i mean walmart had one where you could get a case and they also had one where you got spyro uh bundled in for the price but the nintendo deals that came with mario kart 8 was actually with the old switch so it wasn't even a good bundle Hmm. and by old switch i mean the nintendo switch that had like the first run that had lower shorter battery life Mm -hmm. um I'm going to say a lot of that is Pokemon and maybe the the Switch Lite, but the thing is the Switch Lite, the regular sales, not including the Switch Lite, is what we shot up by 30% when mm. Pokemon came out. Okay. There's a, <laughs> there are a lot of factors, so it's impossible to really say, but... Um. Now, so obviously a really great lineup of games to play on your Switch. In terms of services, though, as is typically the case with Nintendo, I think they're lagging pretty far behind yeah. their competitors. Yeah. Right. Uh, I opened up the Nintendo Switch Online app for the first time this year, mm. and <laughs> I was really surprised to see that there's literally nothing on that app. You can't do anything. You can't add your friends. You can't see who's playing. It's literally just companion apps for like smash and Splatoon. I forgot it existed. Yeah. No, you just said it. Yeah. I, I spent $20 <laughs> to renew it and I'm not sure yeah. why. Well, yeah, I just let it auto renew. <laughs> it's, um, well, there, so, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say there was a great deal from Twitch prime earlier this year. Where basically yeah. if you linked your accounts, you could get a free year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did that as well. Yeah. And before that I just had a family plan where I shared it with, I am on a family plan with a bunch of people who are my friends who I consider my family. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it does allow you to go online with, for example, Smash Bros. And for Pokemon, you needed to play ranked battles and to also play with other people online for uh, max raid battles, which is important if you don't have 
people sitting right next to you to play co-op with. And of course, a lot of people don't need that extra connectivity. But I mean, someone like me, like I really like doing surprise trades and I really like doing ranked battles and being able to do tournaments with my friends on the other side of the country. So that online support is important to me. And it's not, it's, it is significantly less expensive than Xbox Live and and PS Online. So, Uh, and it comes with all the SNES and NES games. There is that, which is cool. They added the SNES games uh, this year, but then that also ended the monthly updates Mm -hmm. of new games. We are getting more on December 12th. We are getting a few more Super Nintendo games. A couple more, like Star Fox 2. The best Star Fox. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) That's at least a very unique oddity in in Nintendo's history. Exactly. But Nintendo's sitting on just, you know, the greatest back catalog of games in the world. And they're just, they're still being very, very slow to dole out new games to to their online catalog. They do the online versions of these SNES and NES games do have the benefit of having a few extra functions like the That's rewind true. function, which mm-hmm. lets you just pick up from like, if you die or mess mm-hmm. up, you can just pick up back from where you left off. And I know, um, legend of Zelda has a special edition, which starts mm-hmm. you off with a bunch of items. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these games aren't just direct ports. There are some extra things here and there that cons- are considered an upgrade. Yeah, that's true. And then I think the Nintendo switch eShop I think everyone agrees just is in dire need of some modernization. So yeah. It's just the bare bones uh, online store with it's hard to discover anything worthwhile. There's like shovelware that's discounted to 99 cents. That's always at the top of the best sellers charts. It's like the, nobody wants to see There was that. an amazing story of how devs have figured out how to game the eShop by yeah. doing that, by putting their game down to like 11 cents. Yeah. Because once you are out of the, initial page of new releases unless you are a like major game Nintendo is keeping an eye on you're never seen again mm-hmm. yeah it's I mean I usually sort if I'm looking for something new to play I sort by demos download the demos and then see if I'd like any of those so that also kind of if a game doesn't have a demo it's very unlikely I will see it unless like Jonathan said I just happen to look at the eShop yeah. for new releases that week yeah or if I'm constantly looking at games coming out this week for NBC. But if I wasn't doing that, I would have no idea what was coming out. And we still sometimes miss releases just because there is so there are so many indie games coming out. Sometimes it's difficult to yeah. know what is worth looking at or not. And luckily, like we have Tom Marks on the show who just <laughs> has played everything that's ever been on Steam. So he can he direct sleep. us in a good way. Yeah. But without that, I'm, it would be difficult <laughs> finding anything yeah. worthwhile. All right, so the Switch had an incredible lineup of exclusives in uh, 2019. It's the only way to play a lot of uh, third-party games portably. Um, it's almost three years old now. The system is almost three years old now. I think any doubts about it or any uh, uh, presumptions about it being a fad uh, are are long in the far in the rearview mirror. But how does 2020 look for Nintendo as the other two platforms are starting to launch a next generation of of their systems? What is what's what? What does that mean for Nintendo and the Switch. Man, Nintendo is always behind when it comes to (laughs) console generations um, since the Wii U, really. And it's going to become more and more difficult to get other third-party games that are coming to PlayStation and Xbox on the Nintendo. And I'm already kind of worried about... Um, I always mix these up and I'm so sorry, but Outer Worlds and Outer Mm -hmm. Wilds. Mm -hmm. The the one coming to Switch is Outer Worlds. Yes. 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 The The Obsidian RPG. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Outer Worlds. <laughs> we actually we have a Discord channel in our, for our wikis freelancers. It's like Outer Worlds, not Outer Wilds. People <laughs> don't make that mistake. Yeah. <sighs> but um, I'm 
I'm afraid of what that's going to look like next year. I mean, I'm excited that it's coming because so many people are are loving it. But I don't, again, I don't think it would be the best place to play it. And I just hope that Nintendo keeps coming out with first party and uh, Nintendo published games that are made for the Switch. And that's really the only thing we can hope for. But 2020 isn't looking nearly as stacked as 2018. Hmm. I mean, we're getting Tokyo. Nine, yeah. hmm? 18 or 19. Uh, doesn't look nearly as good as 2019. 2020 does not look as good as 2019. <laughs> huh. Years. But um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions um, FE Encore is coming, but that's a Wii U Wii port. Ports, yeah. And it's the English edition, so it's censored. It's what I know a lot of Japanese players are upset about. Um, we're also getting another remastered edition of Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, um, Animal Crossing New Horizons. That's a big one. Is a big yeah. one. Yeah. But other than Animal Crossing New Horizons... We might be getting No More Heroes 3. We might be getting Bayonetta 3. We might be getting Breath of the Wild 2. And then that's kind of it. There's also Metroid Prime 4. But that there's no way that's coming out next okay, year. That's, no. well, that's what I wanted to ask. <laughs> yeah. that's what I wanted they, to ask. they rebooted development yeah. earlier yeah. this year. Hmm. So I don't know. I guess um, it's something that we've talked about on NBC quite a bit. But we, our hopes, there are no hopes <laughs> in that room that Metroid Prime 4 is coming out in 2020. Gotcha. And... It would be awesome if we were wrong, sure. and it did. Yeah, sure. But I, I, yeah, I just don't see it coming out next year. I think Breath of the Wild two or whatever that sequel is called. I think there's a good chance because uh, that'll be like we said that'll be three years old. They Almost. already got their engine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I could see that no. being. Oh no, you're right. Spring twenty twenty and a half years. Yeah. yeah. Three and a half. Yeah, so yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see that be the, being the big fall release. But they were yeah, working on the Champions DLC after that. Mm. The release yeah. of Breath of the Wild. My my bet right now for Breath of the Wild 2 is 2021. Mm. Um, yeah, so then I, we also might get a third version of Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah. Which is generally yeah. how it goes, but yeah, we true. didn't get a third version of X and Y, though people can argue that uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire were that, but they're, that was a remake. I mean, they're, it's not the same thing exactly, but man, I, I, I don't know. We are also like probably getting Gods and Monsters, but that's not an exclusive. That's the Ubisoft game? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. I, I would really like uh, Mario and Rabbids 2. Yes. Yeah. It would be nice. I and, I, and I would also, don't at me, I would also like uh, <laughs> a remake of, of Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah. I think yeah, a lot of people would, would like that. I would love that, yeah. please. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're all waiting for the like constantly rumored Metroid Prime trilogy. Like that would be a great thing to add, especially while we're waiting for MP4. And then my beloved Pikmin have disappeared oh, from yeah. the face of the planet and yeah, I miss them I so much. Miyamoto hath forsaken <laughs> yeah. you. Free them. Free the Pikmin. I did forget one more Switch exclusive, I think is a Switch exclusive, but Rune Factory 5. Rune Factory was like a, a Harvest Moon dungeon crawler game that was out for the 3DS or actually the regular DS is when it first came out, but yeah. they came out with a remastered edition of 4 last year and that was a series I really liked. It was super anime, but it was also right up my alley. Sure. Uh, I've I've been wanting uh, a uh, Mario Galaxy HD bundle. Oh, yeah, a long time. Oh, Put it both together in one package. I'd be all about that. Yeah, for sure. There are just so many things that Nintendo could re-release on Switch, which would give it new legs and new life and a whole new audience to yeah. play. Yeah, like, there were so many people who missed the Wii U Wii entirely. U. Yep. Yeah, Wind Waker yeah. HD, Twilight Princess HD. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I I, I skipped it voluntarily. It just yeah. never like so. And I know that there, of course, there were good games on it. 3D so. World is such yeah, a good. Yeah, I would love yeah, to have is, those on Switch on a system I do care about. Mm-hmm. Also, smaller games, the uh, NES Remix games. Yes, awesome. those are great. Those are really really cool. Yeah. Uh, is there any reason to hope for uh, upgraded hardware from Nintendo in 2020? 
More powerful, a more powerful version of the Switch. I would like one. Hmm. I don't know if that means we're going to get one. I know Nintendo has repeatedly said they are not working on a Switch Pro. Maybe that <laughs> means they're not, they weren't currently working on one literally right then, but maybe there were plans to do it in the future. Hmm. But I would hope that they put out a stronger version of the Switch sometime in the fall next year to try and keep up with the next rendition of the PlayStation and Xbox, but Nintendo has also never done that except for the, th- the 3DS. And I think that's a little different than launching an upgraded system, right? Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, the, the s- Nintendo has clearly seen that that uh, people like to play in handheld mode because, of course, the Switch Lite can't be docked. Mm-hmm. So, give me a give me a Switch Pro with like a really nice improved screen mm. and then some better battery life, a little faster processor, and run things in a little higher resolution. Yeah. I would happily give them more money. Same. Yeah, Same. I know. I know some game devs who are making games specifically for the Switch have to worry about battery life, and so mm. hold back on. Um, graphics and other things like that specifically so it doesn't kill the switch battery hmm. and it would be cool if they <laughs> didn't have to do that as much yeah sure. yeah for sure. sure uh and we should point out that we're actually recording this before the nintendo direct this week yes uh that's coming tomorrow we're recording this on monday so when is this coming out uh as soon as i can get it done i don't okay. know maybe tomorrow sometime <laughs> and before uh, the game awards where they've often okay. and also yeah. before the game awards yeah. so if there's anything from those uh presentations that we didn't talk about here that's why This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. 
Here's a special limited time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription only for our listeners at babbel.com slash gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Uh, all right, that brings us to our final platform uh, to discuss for 2019. But, and out of fairness... Roll the dice. I Let's think we see what still happens. have to. Yeah. I, I, Xbox <laughs> didn't get a Mega Man song. <laughs> Hell, Xbox is always getting shortchanged. You got the theme song. Shortchanged by the media. Random.org brought us the number one. <sighs> Damn it. Okay. And that means you're up, Jonathan. <sighs> PlayStation 4. Uh, yes. Uh, clear, the clear leader in sales uh, for this Over generation. Over 100 million units sold this cross, year. Cross, not in, the, in this year. No, not in this crossed, year, but in total. Yes. Across the 100 million mark this year. Outsold the Wii, I think now? Or, it, yeah. it got it's a close. Big, Guinness yeah. Book of World Record. Yeah, yeah well, right. the PlayStation uh, entire console family, so like all generations of PlayStation, have yeah. cumulatively sold the most yeah. of any brand. And Did you notice that that was conveniently tied to the PR beat of the 25th anniversary yeah. of PlayStation? <laughs> yeah. How, uh, what a coincidence. I know, it's wild, right? Uh, I think the PlayStation 4 is now officially the second best-selling home console after the PlayStation 2, Yeah, uh, which will be really tough to catch up to. So the question is, was 2019 a good year to own a PlayStation 4? I would say it was in a good interesting year i don't think it was the year uh we hard, hard wanted to top, hard to top 20 yeah, yeah 2018 uh delivered two of the best games on the ps4 exclusive wise uh, and just in general with spider-man and god of war um and it's very very hard to top those two games in any way regardless of where the games are coming from mm-hmm. um i think sony's first party uh output and exclusive output this uh this year in 2019 was eclectic to say the least, and not everything worked or connected, especially with us here at IGN. I know some things connected more with the audiences at home, but I would say a lot of the smaller things they tried or the more unique things they tried were really interesting and I wish had gotten a little more spotlight than they did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, let's talk about those exclusives. Uh, We got Death Stranding earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, I think that was, you know, we weren't crazy about it, but definitely I think there's some it has its fans. Yeah, I, I'm a it fan has of its it. Defenders. Yeah. I've I've played 55 hours so far. Wow, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm still enjoying yeah. it. Uh, yeah, we had Death Stranding as sort of the end year capper earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Days Gone from Ben Studio, which had been revealed a couple years ago. Uh, we gave it, I believe, a six uh, from Lucy. Hmm. But uh, it, they've been really great. Ben's been really good about supporting that game post launch mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of technical uh, patches that have improved the performance of the game and a lot of uh, fun sort of wacky post-game challenges thrown in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But that didn't quite, I think, set our world on fire as much as we wanted it to. Uh, However, they did have Dreams started in early access earlier this year, which Mm -hmm. is uh, Media Molecule, the developers of Little Big Planet's uh, follow-up game that has been uh, Andrew Goldfarb, our old executive news editor, and I used to joke every Rest year together. Rest in peace, Andrew. I uh, used to joke every year we would have to write like two stories, <laughs> and it was always Dreams delayed to next year and Dreams beta delayed to next year. But we finally got Dreams in early access. Uh, and it's amazing. And it's incredible. The things people are putting... T- in that game are mind blowing. And of course you get, you know, silly, uh, like final fantasy seven remake remakes before the remake is even out, uh, that are impressive. But then you also get people making giant kaiju games and crazy trivia games and wacky short stories and videos and everything. Mm. Uh, it's incredible what people are putting together with that. Uh, we also had MLB the show, 
uh, which continued to be great. Uh, I know this year's was really well respected and received. I'm not a baseballman myself, but I know people loved it out Ryan there. Ryan can vouch for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Is, that studio, San Diego, is uh, just every year quietly mm. makes a better and better baseball game. Um, yeah, they did a great job this year. Yeah. Uh, and then a small one that's very close to my heart, Concrete Genie, mm-hmm. which I thought was beautifully artistic, ambitious for its size. It was made by uh, the smallest, I think, first party Sony team, Pixel Opus. It's only like 16 or so people, very small team, uh, but very cool project. And then we had uh, a couple of interesting PSVR games like Blood and Truth, mm-hmm. which is basically puts you in the middle of a Mission Impossible movie. Uh, and it's a really fun, crazy, wacky action experience. Um, so nothing on the scale or grandeur of Spider-Man or God of War, but yes. I think the things that did work were really interesting and worked really well. And I'm glad that they are part of the Sony first yeah. party. Yeah, I, I think you could actually argue with a straight face that Microsoft had an exclusive this year that was better than any. That's what I said. At any the Sony exclusive. <laughs> Ryan, that is a great point. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I think it's hard, especially when some of those have been a bit more divisive uh, critically and with the public at large. Um, but yeah, so their smaller games, I think were great. They just obviously were smaller and didn't necessarily, uh, give us those experiences that we had last year. And then the PS4's third party lineup, I think had parody with the Xbox lineup this year, right? There's no like yeah. big third party yeah, like, uh, exclusives. Were there any kind of big Neo twos or other third party exclusives? That's coming to mind right now. I might be forgetting one or two, but yeah, it was pretty much parody. I think this year control RE2 remake, the outer worlds, Sekiro um, DMC five. Yeah. Pretty much that. all of them were, you know, we'll get things like the call of duty, modern warfare DLC will come first to right. PlayStation, things like that. But, uh, on the whole PlayStation stuff outside of some PSVR titles, obviously there's nothing really that, differentiated the third-party lineup mm-hmm. from Xbox this year. And then I think in terms of services, Sony made PlayStation Now really appealing. They made year. PlayStation Now more appealing and PlayStation Plus worse. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> uh, I would agree with that. It's a kind of weird year uh, for Sony on uh, services and just a, at a corporate level and how things are changing. Uh, we did get big interface changes. Uh, some of the, I think at the end of last year, they started talking about uh, name changes, uh, cross-play finally becoming a thing across across uh, PlayStation and Xbox. Those sorts of services started to finally come into the ecosystem of PlayStation. Uh, but this year, PlayStation Now, which is essentially their attempt at a streaming service, which has been around for a few years, uh, it got a major price cut. Uh, so I think each month is now only $9.99 a month. Yeah. Uh, and you get a huge library of PS4, PS3, and PS2 games. PS4 games and some PS4 and some PS2 games are now downloadable so you can play offline. You don't have to be online streaming. Uh, and they add, they're adding rotating major exclusives to that library. So God of War is currently available as a PlayStation Now title. So you can subscribe to PlayStation Now for a month, play God of War for 10 bucks, and then yeah. you know dip if you want to get out of that service. But they'll rotate in games in and out of that, big games like Uncharted and Persona 5 and stuff like that. But conversely, PlayStation Plus got worse where... Why, and why do you say that? Well, so in the beginning of this year, I think it was March, they, they had announced this a year ago, so we were all prepared, but then it finally hit. The PlayStation Plus free game monthly lineup dwindled from six to two games. Mm-hmm. So it used to be normally every month, two PS4 games, two PS3 games, and two Vita games. And now it is just two PS4 games with occasional things thrown in there. Um, 
obviously the PS3 audience at this point in time and, and the Vita, the Vita audience. <laughs> audience are much smaller than the 100 million people playing a PS4. Yeah. But a lot of those games are often cross-play, so PS4 players were really getting three to four games per month. Mm. It allowed for a lot of varied uh, additions to the library. So, you know, you might... The AAA games for the PS4 may not be the ones you wanted, but usually a game for the Vita that was cross-play with PS4 might be really interesting to try. Mm. There was a lot more chance that you could get great games or at least have something that might pique your interest, where now there are only two games per month, and if you don't like them, those two games don't matter yeah, for the month. Like for me, I, there just hasn't been uh, very many PlayStation Plus games that were interesting to me this year. So every month I like check to see what's there, and it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, I, I mean, this month for December, it's, uh, I forget what the second game Neo's is. Neo's on there. Uh, Titanfall 2. Yeah. Um, or maybe Neo was Neo last was last month. month. Okay, gotcha. uh, so it, usually the, for Titanfall the last two couple is months, awesome. Titanfall two is great. Um, and definitely a lot of people missed out on that one, but normally it'll come sometimes with a sports game, which obviously appeals to a wide audience, but for someone who's maybe looking for, you know, a single player adventure to dive into or a fun couch co-op game, th- yeah. those games were much more frequently part of the PlayStation plus library. And now they're not, and they didn't add anything on top of that. Like other free games, I've been beating the storm on beyond every month. I wish they would add, even one PSVR game a month to that lineup, because yeah. even if you don't own PSVR, if you get to the end of a year and you've downloaded 12 free PSVR and games buy, and, you buy it. and it's for sale on black Friday, there've been amazing black Friday PSVR sales. Yeah. You have 12 games to play and that's amazing. Yeah. And it just seems crazy that they have done that. really making it sound like I'm missing out for not having a PR PSVR headset. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last year, if you include the second half of 2018 has been an amazing year for PSVR. It's definitely yeah. continued to Astrobot, sell well. Astrobot was last year. Astrobot and Tetris Effect were last year, oh. and Beat Saber were all last year at the end of the year for PSVR. You've got stuff like Blood and Truth this year, uh, Trover Saves the Universe, which is on other platforms as well. Uh, there's just been a huge library. I was not a believer in PSVR, uh, mm. you know, at the beginning of 2018, and then by the end of it, I was playing it. It was the most played thing I'd had of the year uh, because I was so in, uh, like, Every game I played on that had a unique, different experience that I couldn't play anywhere else. Yeah, Sony seems really dedicated to the PSVR platform. They're much more serious about it, about supporting it than some of their other hardware peripheral initiatives like the motion controller. Yeah, like the move controllers, which you now use Please. for PSVR. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's interesting. They have said Wonderbook. PS- Wonderbook was oh, Wonderbook was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they had J.K. Rowling on stage for like two minutes at an E3. Yeah. Um, they have said PSVR, uh, the current headset and all games will be, so, uh, the PSVR headset will be supported on the PS5. Hmm. So one, that makes me think PSVR 2 is not coming next year, but that also means, hey, if you want to buy into PSVR now, it's not going to suddenly die next year. Yeah. Uh, Ryan and Casey, do you feel like VR is a, uh, an advantage PlayStation has over Xbox and Nintendo? I know Nintendo's sort of experimenting with Yeah, we have Labo. Nintendo Labo. Yeah, Labo. We, don't need a, we don't need a real headset. We have cardboard. <laughs> yeah. Ours is recyclable. It's true. Yeah. We care about yeah. the environment. No, I think it's a great advantage that PlayStation has. I mean, the the numbers are are tough, right? Like, I think it's the number I saw was like 4 million is the I, installed base. I think it's around 5 or 6 maybe by now. They, so, they've... Yeah, it's roughly like a tenth of the play well, PS4. Five, it's five or six percent. Or a twentieth. Yeah, twentieth, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, five yeah. or six percent. Uh, and I mean, for me, like, I've got a PS4, but I, and, and I also have a PC. I have not, there's there's not been a enough of a swell of games to make me want to spend the money on the hardware. Now, mm-hmm. granted, I'm very lucky. I work here. I have access to all that stuff, which probably helps a lot because if there is something, I can take a look at it. But, you know, I... I don't know if if there even can be a killer app 
for mm. VR at this point. I mean, with I would say with PSVR, the the price is nice and low now. Yeah, which which is one of the things that was slowing me down on VR is like four hundred bucks. Like no, no. But the, the conversely, compared to the Oculus, especially the Rift S and the Index, the PSVR is uh, really old and creaky now. Like when you when you put that headset on, like you can tell it's it's not as uh, technically capable of an experience. Fidelity wise, yeah, yeah, it's definitely not yeah. up there. I would still say it's one of the most comfortable headsets, which the, is not nothing. Yeah, they've but, got the ergonomics, but yeah. also, I mean, the move controllers are definitively worse than yeah. the touch controllers. Oh, or yeah, the, absolutely. So it's it's sort of a it's it's such a tricky place like if sony goes i mean i don't pretend to know what's best for their business but it's like i wonder if now if they see the numbers of well only five or six percent of our audience bought into this so maybe we should make a five hundred dollar psvr2 and go for a more premium experience if only five percent of people are going to go for it anyway yeah i i I don't know yeah there's an interesting argument to be to be made there but overall no i like i don't think microsoft has has suffered or xbox has suffered for a a lack of vr and and phil spencer's already very publicly said it's you know we're not ruling it out for the future but it's just not we're just not focusing on this for right now. Yeah, I and think it's hard to argue against him on that. I think the VR question for PS5 and just going forward with PlayStation is really what they want it to be as part of their corporation. Like if they do want it to be something that is mass adopted by PS4 and PS5 players, it needs a lower price. It probably needs, you know, uh, less powerful tech to be able to get that lower price. But if they're okay with it being a boutique thing that only goes to 5% of the marketplace, I'm fine if PSVR2 really bumps things up and is a bit of a premium, but can stand with parity with the rest of the yeah. VR. I would uh, love that. I mean, I, like I've uh, Batman Arkham VR, which was a day one great. launch title yeah. for, for PSVR is still one of my favorite VR experiences. So I mean, cool. it, it's yeah. a, it's a relatively simple thing as far as the sort of the gameplay experience, but it, it made me feel like Batman as yep. cheesy and marketing <laughs> as that sounds like you look in the mirror as you're, you're going down the, the, you, f- you feel like you're kind of going down the lift to the bat cave and you put this, the cape and cowl on when you put the cowl on. Yeah. yeah and then the detective <laughs> yeah. stuff where you're just in, like, it's good games. Great. I would love to get a, an Arkham VR two hmm. for, for, uh, PSVR cut to Rocksteady at the Game Awards. You've all been waiting five years. I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe no, that no, shouldn't. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm but it would be great to get on. But yeah, that's like I, I, I so appreciate that PSVR exists and is still supported in a in a healthy, active way by Sony. Even if I don't own one, and I, you know, I feel like it's a kind of inferior technical experience to the the PC ones. It's just great to see that. It's, they are just making games and trying mm. stuff, and yeah. and that's always a good thing. Yeah, Jonathan, do you think it was a mistake for Sony to skip E3? No. Okay. Um, I don't think it was a mistake for Sony to skip E3, or even skip uh, PSX last year. They ended up not doing one at the end of the December. Uh, one, it got us talking about them all the time around E3 mm. because we were like, "What's PlayStation going to do? Where are they going to make their move?" And they did a they introduced State of Play this year. Um, and tried that as a new format, and they did one a couple weeks before E3, and essentially got to start the conversation of E3 a week before it, because they had the Final Fantasy VII remake re-reveal after years of that game being out of you know the discussion. They um, not being at E3, especially when this was such a down E3 year. Um, I think they would have just been wrapped up in that discussion. And the thing about Sony, they've had amazing E3s. I think it's hard to top some of their past E3 conferences of 2015, 2016. 
But if they had come to E3 again, they weren't going to show their full hand with PS5. And then that means we would have got a retread of Death Stranding and The Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima, which has been what they've shown as highlights for the last two years at conferences. And I think they realized doing this again for a third year in a row would just make players impatient. Gotcha. Yeah. Will they be at E3 2020? I don't know. I like, I'm inclined to say yes, but with a new console coming, I think, and so many big third parties, obviously playing toward the PS five and Scarlet, it'd be crazy not to be there and be part of that whole discussion. But Sony uh, has shown for the last year that they kind of want to do things the way they want to do them and not necessarily play by the rest of the industry's rules. And we've seen a big change in leadership over there. Uh, Sean Layden left worldwide studios, uh, and uh, Herman Hulst, who was previously the uh, director at Guerrilla Games, who made Horizon, is now the head of Worldwide Studios with Shuhei Yoshida stepping into a new role focused on uh, independent uh, games and getting them to come to PlayStation more. So we're seeing a change in the organization there. Obviously, Jim Ryan is still there at the top, um, so he may be calling the shots on what they want to do with that. But I wouldn't be shocked if Sony wants to stick to the beat of their own drum mm. uh, and do their own shows throughout the year. We said, talked earlier about how uh, it was going to be always going to be hard to top 2018. Yes. But maybe 2020 could. It's possible. You've got Last of Us Part 2. You've got Last of Us Part 2, which unfortunately got a bit of a delay, but mm. uh, that's expected with Naughty Dog because they will not rush a game. They yeah, will delay a game compromise. no matter what. Uh, and I got to play two and a half hours or so of it and was thrilled by it as yeah. The Last of Us is one of my favorite games of all time. So. Obviously, that comes with a lot of expectations, but super exciting. And then we're also getting Ghost of Tsushima on the first party front. Which we hope so. We hope. We, I, I, my, that's my guess. To be fair, yeah, it doesn't have a 2020 release date. It has no release date at all. It's still been t- said it's coming to PS4. So common sense would suggest it's coming. In I, I still think it's a PS5 day one launch title, and there will also be a PS4, PS4 version, version of it. But I yeah. think it's going to be pushed as a PS5 day one launch title. Yeah, yeah. It's... um. We really haven't seen much of that game beyond uh, beyond uh, 2018's E3 and when it premiered at, I think, Paris Games Week 2017. We've seen very little of that game, and it's Sucker Punch's first full major game since Infamous Second Son and First Light, the DLC for that. So it's been several years since a really great first-party studio has shown anything. Um, yeah. And uh, I know there are a lot of people who are hugely anticipating it in the PlayStation crowd, it, here in the office, but it is a huge question mark of... When are we going to see more of that game? Yeah. Well, we are, like Ryan just mentioned, we also are, are getting the PlayStation 5. Yes, we're getting the PS- holiday PS5. And if I may, this is not nearly PS5, but I do want to shout it out because it looked really cool uh, when I saw it at PAX. Predator Hunting Grounds, uh, which was shown in the state of play. Uh, it's being made by the Friday the 13th devs. As far as we yeah. know, it's a PS4 exclusive, at least at first. Um, and basically, it's a 4v1 asymmetrical multiplayer game where you're playing as the predator versus four human soldiers. And it's essentially the humans are racing to a certain target and the predator's trying to kill them. It's yeah. pretty fun. Friday the 13th I mean, got shut down like for licensing stuff, yeah, right? So, I was so that's, say. A, that's an awesome pivot by that developer. Yeah. Just be like, okay, well, what else would fit this? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Predator. People, I just, that's ho- so good. Hopefully they don't lose that license. As yeah. Well. Hopefully not. Yeah. Um, especially with the whole Fox Disney change around but yeah it um so that's just coming earlier in the year too i just wanted to shout that one out um but yeah the end of the year is ps5 we're going into uh next year they've talked about the ps5 mostly in blog posts and interviews with wired and you know things of that nature not really at a press conference every state of play now comes with the disclaimer it's funny because they're always like and we shouldn't have to mention this or like you might have guessed already there's no ps5 updates and i'm like no people want that they're probably expecting that but um 
State of plays have not shown anything PS5 wise, but we do know they're calling it PlayStation five. We know um, dev kits seem to reportedly be out there in the wild uh, and they have a V shape that people are freaking out about, but it's not going to be the final console design because that's not how dev kits work. But uh, we know it's a PS five. We know some of the additions that are being made to the controller. Uh, We don't know what most studios are working on for it. We could Mm -hmm. probably pretty safely guess based on sales of this generation. Um, But for the most part, Sony's played the PS five cards very close to their chest right now. Yeah. Well, I think 2020 is going to be a very exciting year, hopefully for all platforms. I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't think there's a clear winner or loser in 2019. Uh, I think Nintendo switch had the best exclusives, but that platform obviously has its own limitations. Uh, uh, and then either whether you're playing on a PlayStation four or Xbox, you have basically the same library of excellent third party games, you know, I mean, you know, we've, we've, I've, I've been gaming long enough and, yeah. and doing this long enough. It's the cycle. It, it, things do go in cycles. Like, yeah. sure. you know, you've got people look back like 2007, a legendary year. Uh, and you, you get these 1998 was another one. And, and I actually think 2020 mm. is, could very well be one of those like all time great a 2007. years between, yeah. between uh, the last of us part two and hopefully Halo Infinite's going to return Halo to, you know, top tier greatness and cyberpunk and Doom Eternal and yeah. uh, Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Absolutely. But there's yeah, there's there's already this like kind of mile long list of, of big deal oh, and Half-Life Alex as you know, even if you don't have a VR headset, Half-Life, a new Half-Life game. game is so yeah. yeah, it's like 2020 is, uh, you know, it's just everybody kind of goes. It's in these cycles where like 2018 a lot of people shipped like Rockstar shipped Red Dead and mm-hmm. and Santa Monica shipped God, God of War, War and Insomniac ship Spider Man. Yeah, so you know they're just they're now they're going to be quiet for a while. Yeah, and, and this year, uh, just to mention on the PlayStation side, Insomniac became an official first party of mm-hmm. Sony after you know years of a close relationship. Sometimes Insomniac were, tried some other things, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, dated around for a little bit, but then came <laughs> back to Sony and now is officially a first party studio. And obviously, you know. Spider-Man two is all but certain the same way God of war two is all but certain. Um, and I'm so very excited for God of war two. Yeah. But, or God of war five, yeah. depending on. Your yeah. Number. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. this year, this year reminded me a lot of, uh, 2014 where, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, mm-hmm. our game of the year that year was dragon age inquisition, which yeah. I didn't vote for. Uh, I voted for sunset overdrive, which is, mm-hmm. you know, but again, like there just, there wasn't 2014 was a year where, I mean, every year there are a lot of very good games, sure. but there just wasn't that sort of like premier masterpiece level mm-hmm. front running. This was the, t- the cream of the crop kind of kind of game. And I don't think we got that this year. I but mean, I didn't. I, I think this year let a lot of smaller games as a result shine. Yes. And you can see that in our game of the year nominees, things like Slate the Spire, yeah. Disco Elysium, Untitled Goose Game on the Switch for like best Switch game and things of that nature. Um, there were so many games across all the platforms and PC that probably wouldn't have gotten as much attention from us or just from audiences because of the, you know, n- not necessarily lack of great triple a games, but it, we didn't have, like you said, that sort of like masterpiece that was the shining example for the year. And a lot of the games that were very well critically reviewed were kind of niche titles like fire emblem three houses. You're not going to have everyone clamoring to play a like tactics JRPG. So and something like Control, a lot of my colleagues liked, but it's not like really my type of game. So I didn't enjoy it as much as everyone else did. And I think we just got a lot of more niche games that will really, really appeal to a small group of people. But as you guys said, there wasn't one game that everyone universally yeah. looks at as a masterpiece. Yeah. Okay. 
Before we go, if you guys are game, I think we'll play around a video game twenty questions. Oh, of here we go. When we did this last year, I was trying to I was trying to take this 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 format a little more seriously than we normally do, and we didn't play it. And then all the listeners were like, "Man, I wanted to hear this different group of people play." So we'll play video game twenty questions this year, which brings us to video game twenty questions. Suggestion this week comes from Mark in Starbridge, UK. And he has a little note here before we start. He says, I love the show. Haven't missed an episode since 2015. It's time for my annual video game 20 questions suggestion. Last year, I stumped the panel with my first mm. suggestion, Life is Strange. Ooh. Okay. And now he's back again. All right. Life so, is Strange no, He's going to stump us <laughs> even more by going with a, something totally out of that genre. So he, he's, he's British, and <laughs> last year he chose a European-developed game. So I'm already, Ooh. I'm already, yeah, uh, I'm on to your games. Which rare game should we <laughs> Uh, uh, so with that, let the questioning begin. Casey, do you want to get us started? Yeah, with you, you go for it. Um, all right, so let's start. Was this game released after the year 2000? Yes. Okay. Was this game released after the year 2010? Yes. Ooh. Okay. Is it a European developed game? I think so. I think so. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, Pretty sure. Okay, so let's see. Um, is this game exclusive to any platform? No. Okay. So that'll rule out a lot of Nintendo games. Yeah. But possibly European developed. Um, so. Is this game uh, 3D? Uh, it has uh, objects rendered in 3D, but you only move on a 2D plane. Okay. Well, this, oh. All right. We are narrowing okay. it. Hold on. Okay. So That's five. like already I'm thinking like inside cause it's cause uh, you know, they're European developer. True. Uh, recency bias, platonics, ukulele and the apostle. I mean, yeah, you, we're kind of opening the whole world. Yeah. Of, <laughs> like of European 2D side scrollers. With yeah. 2D elements. Um, Do you want to ask if it's a platformer or is that? Do it. Yeah. Is it a platformer? Um, there is platforming. I'm not sure if that's like the okay, so not you, the one genre okay. box you put it in, but okay. you do do inside. The, Probably kills inside too. I mean, I would, you do do some. I would know, consider that a platformer. Nobody's saying it's not like purely a platformer because yeah. I mean, yeah, it's sort of a physics puzzle platformer. Mm. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Well, if you want to rule out inside, you can ask about the color scheme or. <laughs> Let's see. Do you play? As a human being for the duration of this video game? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So that rules out like ukulele. Yes. And yeah. also inside, by the way. Because, yeah. Uh, it could be Limbo, though. Yeah. Um, Wait, when, be, when did... Oh, yeah, it did come out after 2010. Yes. 2011, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. I'm going to take a stab in the dark at that one. Is this game in black and white? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. It was just on our mind, so I, I had to know. Yeah, why not? Get rid yeah. of it. Okay, so where else? Possibly European. Well, what did he, he said? He said, uh, t you move in 2D, but the, there are like, 3D rendered elements. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, How about, a, can you customize your character? I don't think so. Okay. I'm trying to think. Let's see. What would, like, uh, Fez was American and also yeah. has no 3D Bits well, I mean, technically, because the world I, flips, but but yeah, not yeah. European. Um, be rendered. Ugh. 
I'm can, can we phone a friend and ask uh, Borba? <laughs> We're not allowed. And, and, you, and you play as a human. You, yes. So it's yeah. like like rare stuff is out. Yeah. <laughs> there's no animal. You don't play as an animal. And it's not. There's no exclusives. Should we try to narrow it down by... It, it is multi-platform, but should we try to uh, narrow between... Uh, Maybe generation. Generation as well, yeah. Um, was this released first during the PS3, Xbox 360, Wii, Wii U era? I don't, I don't, I don't never know where the Wii, yeah. Wii U fall. Like, yeah. It's very nebulous. The answer is no. Okay. Not that generation. And that's so, 10. Okay. So that, that basically means it has to be very recent. Yes. Like, meaning this, this generation. Yeah. I would assume. Okay. So, God, we're... See, now I'm like, I'm freezing up on... Drawing a blank. On like, you know, kind of platformy 2D. Did we, did we go in the wrong direction? Did we ask oh. if it was a side-scroller? Because... Just that it was 2D. But. <sighs> yeah. I, Mark of the Ninja just came to mind, but that's entirely... No, that's no, ins- there's color in that game. No, no, but there's entirely... It's entirely 2D. There's no... It's like um, all hand-drawn. Yeah. And I think yeah. Clay... Clay's American. Yeah, I think they're so. Not, they're not European. Um... Was this game critically well received? Yes. Okay. I would imagine the bulk of twenty questions games probably are otherwise. <laughs> Sometimes not. <laughs> um, trying to think of anything Switch wise. Um, yeah. Anything from Devolver? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Do you know the answer, Borba? <laughs> Producer. Producer John Borba. Our producer room thinks he has an idea. Okay. They're, str- they're struggling, so if you want to yeah, yeah, if you want to give us a suggestion. I'm hurting right now. I'm hurting right now. Is looking at um, your phone cheating? He's not on mic. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Our producer is going to ask, a, suggest oh. a question. <laughs> gotta get some, we got to get some So it's got to yeah. be a console game of, you know, of if some it's multi-platform. kind. If it, it, yeah. Especially, it's like platformers are never like PC yeah based really uh did this come to the nintendo switch yes okay that narrows it down to like hundreds <laughs> yeah but no it's good to know okay who developed uh my friend pedro not because there are 3d elements in there mm. but it's 2d and it's not necessarily a platformer might, that, that could yeah you you might have something there um, um what would be a specific question that would definitely call that out, but still be banana. worthwhile? Well, yeah, like, are they yeah. I'm not. Um, <laughs> like, that's where my mind went to. I mean, if it, do you mind if I ask another? Go for it. Oh, yeah. uh, does your character primarily use guns in this game? Are guns a weapon in this game? Yes. Okay, getting it's not <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Um, Shadow Complex comes to mind, but that's <clears throat> it doesn't fit the timeline. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's too old. So. Okay. Um, just gonna ask it. Just go for it. Is there a talking banana in this game? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Is this game my friend Pedro? It is. Nice yeah. 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 Get to hear the the all stage clear music. That's three to rage too. Yeah, my friend Pedro. I think the developers are British. At least I remember them having a British accent when they were on our E three show. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. Um, yeah. Does everything check well out? done? Yeah. Uh, nice job. Two D game rendered in three D. You're jumping around different platforms, but you probably wouldn't call it a, a platform, pl- right? <laughs> yeah. Platformer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and interesting, not out on PS4. Only yeah. uh, Switch, Xbox, and PC. And PC. Yeah. Game Pass on Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Nice lead job, everybody. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. For it's this a lot of show. pressure. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah. If I if I don't get it, if I'm on the panel that doesn't get it right, I just feel I feel like I've completely well, let the you, audience. And you want to think, but you don't want there to be silence because you know people are listening. Right. So now yeah. it's a podcast. You guys as a team have a a hundred percent win rate. Nice. I'm never coming back. <laughs> yeah. Ever again. <laughs> I'm retiring with a perfect score. Uh, thanks for coming by GameScoop to talk shop about 2019. And uh, yeah, uh, please be excited for all the great new video games and platforms that are coming out in 2020 and all the great hot scoops we'll have for you here on GameScoop. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, John. My name is Damon. This is IGN GameScoop. And we're out. I shook you in my dream As hard as I could
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.